Joe Biden has left America, going to Japan for the G7 meeting. Take all the time you need. Please do not rush back. And before he left, though, he had to talk about the debt limit. Not exactly my favorite topic. I know it's important. But he said something he should not have said, a certain phrase that really got my Irish up. I made clear that, uh, and I'll say it again, America is not a deadbeat nation. We pay our bills. Yeah, I like that we're not a deadbeat nation. But what about you being a deadbeat granddad? It is true. There you are, your grandkids on election night, except for the seventh one. Her name is Navy, and she lives in Arkansas. And the Biden family has been denying her, well, her entire life. And hunters had to be chased down to acknowledge that kid, to pay for that kid. He doesn't want to pay what he's paying. A really bad situation. It doesn't reflect well on the Bidens. And in a way, if you had a family member who was, like, avoiding responsibility, it wouldn't reflect well on the family. It doesn't reflect well on America that this is going on. Fix it. Write a check. We know you got the money. Anyway, before he left, he was posed a couple of questions. So thank you very much. Mr. President, what about work requirements specifically are you still considering? It sounds like it's still on the table and you haven't ruled it out. Which would you be willing to accept? <laughs> work requirements. I know it's all related to the debt thing and that's important, but can you believe he has never, ever, apart from that time that Donald Trump brought it up, he's never been asked about the Hunter Biden laptop. He hasn't. And he's lied about it. And the reporters just, can you tell us about the latest Republican proposal, right? Or what about the granddaughter? Or what about the $1 million that the House Oversight Committee established came from Romania for some reason? No, no. It's all technical stuff. They take care of him, don't they? And watch this. No, that got his attention. They're talking about his boss, President Xi of China. What is he going to say about that? You will be meeting or you will be speaking? Riveting leadership. And he runs away. He's on very thin ice with President Xi and world leaders all over the place. You know, those countries have intelligence services, okay? Uh, they know things about Joe. We know things about Joe. Uh, bad news, bad situation, bon voyage, don't rush back. And now I got to switch to something else. Who remembers Bill Barr when he actually had some, some gusto, some guts? So far, we haven't seen widespread fraud. But so far, we haven't tried it. Well, and the point is that a lot of us... Uh, there are several states that only have mail-in voting, including a Republican. Well, state this like is Utah. playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here. And if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government and people trying to change the rules to this to this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous. And the people are playing with fire. Absolutely. How do they put it? Those words are powerful and true. They were true in 2020. They're true now. Put them up on the screen, please. As a matter of logic, 
It's very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous, and people are playing with fire. As a matter of logic, we're allowed to have concerns because it's logical to still have concerns about the 2020 election. And he knew that America, well, it's a dangerous situation potentially, and he wanted to calm things down and look the other way when it came to all this stuff. I told him that uh, all, the, all this stuff was bullshit and uh, about election fraud. And, uh, you know, it was wrong to be shoveling it out the way his team was. It seems like someone he knows is being held hostage or something. I know that's not happening, but the incredible change in tone and demeanor, it's strange. What I do believe happened here, he's owned by the swamp. He tried to go rogue. He tried to go independent. And ever since, right, ever since he's been trying to work his way back into the good graces of the swamp, going on a date with Lester Holt. I mean, and Lester Holt, he's the prince of the swamp. You know, you have to accept a couple of things if you want to make money in Washington, D.C. First and foremost, January 6th was the worst thing that ever happened. That is that is a cardinal rule, right? And it's always unfairly reported, but they pretend that this is legitimate. New surveillance of the person who placed pipe bombs before the Capitol riot, walking with a backpack the moment the suspect may have left a bomb in a park near Democratic headquarters. Tonight, the manhunt and the plea from the FBI. One of the most fascinating fake news moments. They don't mention anything about the pipe bomb left at the Republican National Committee. This just happened to Democrats. You see how it works in the swamp and Lester and Bill Barr go for a walk and they talk about January 6th and how awful it was. And so Bill Barr is the guy who was charged with actually figuring out what the hell was going on with the Russia hoax. So he brought in John Durham. I'm pretty convinced he brought in John Durham because John Durham would not rock the boat, okay? John Durham is a, well, he's a guy of that whole system. They're lawyers. They want to work. They don't want to lose their license. And Bill Barr, I mean, he didn't want to get impeached. And that was a real possibility for him. Impeaching Bill Barr, why Democrats are now considering it after today's stunning accusations of corruption. Some members would like to impeach Bill Barr. Others would like to hold him in contempt. There's always the possibility of impeachment of Bill Barr as well. Um, and I think that there have been a number of different instances that would be grounds for an impeachment of Bill Barr. Wow, he was on thin ice. The whole, the whole world's gone crazy. He didn't do anything impeachable, but... Lawyers in general, and I think this is why the uh, Durham report is so lame, they're all on thin ice. They're all looking on, over their shoulder. And if you do anything that MAGA would like, they're going to come for you. We have attorneys now calling for the people who have been pushing this past the point of acceptable argument to be disbarred. At some point, some of these lawyers have to be challenged. Some of these lawyers need to be disbarred. There needs to be much stronger pushback, including possible disbarment for some of the lawyers bringing these cases that are full of blatant untruths. These lawyers, as Mary suggested, should be disbarred. They're violating the, the uh, codes of conduct of the American Bar Association. Now, they're not talking about Durham. They're not talking about Barr, I don't think. But it gives you an idea of the climate. 
I mean, it's ludicrous that attorneys aggressively pursuing a case should be disbarred unless they broke the law or stole money. We, there's a, there are rules. There's a canon for that. Anyway, the Durham report. I told you last night the thing is kind of lame. I mean, there's dynamite stuff in here, but it's too late and it's camouflaged in heavy bureaucratic stuff. And uh, they're still actually getting a kick out of, well, Moscow and the prostitutes in the hotel room. Remember that whole thing? Honestly, never thought these words would come out of my mouth, but I don't know whether the, the current president of the United States was with prostitutes peeing on each other in Moscow in 2013. It's possible, but I don't know. <laughs> Total liar. Unbelievable. And this guy gets to walk around and get invited to the Aspen Institute and nonsense like that, huh? Holds his head high. He should be deeply, deeply ashamed. All that stuff was made up. The FBI knows it. And if you dig into the Durham report, you do find some things. Some we knew, but it's important to point out that some guy named Charles, this dude, uh, most likely made up all that stuff himself about the Moscow Hotel and just kind of just made it up and sent it to Chris Steele. It's, it's in the report. And who is this guy? Uh, a professional Democrat and PR dude, actually. He ran the Democrat Governors Association, ran Bill Clinton's campaign in Virginia, and advised Hillary in 2008 and beyond. This guy was making up stuff and giving it to Christopher Steele, that former British ex-whatever-the-heck he was. Who is this guy, Steele? Uh, he's a rich man, I'll tell you that. And he could have been richer, but he couldn't prove anything in his phony dossier. But the FBI... <laughs> During one of the meetings, the interviewers informed Steele, you heard about this, that the FBI might be willing to pay Steele in excess of $1 million if he could prove anything that was in that ludicrous dossier. And he couldn't. How messed up is our FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, offering foreigners a million dollars if they can blow up our elections? Talk about a threat to democracy. This is, this, is not, this is worse than January 6th. January 6th was a picnic compared to what these people are doing. And add this into the mix. James Baker, ultra-Democrat and Trump hater, was general counsel at the FBI back in 2016. And guess where he was in 2020? Pulling the strings and censoring the Hunter Lapstop story at Twitter. Man, these people are connected. How about that, huh? All right, one other thing. Carter Page, you know about this guy, right? Nice guy. He uh, wanted to help out in the campaign. He traveled the world. He was an energy consultant, totally innocent. The FBI knew it, and they kept on approving that FISA warrant, and that's illegal. It's totally illegal what they did. Number one, put it up on the screen, please. The OIG found that as the investigation progressed and more information tended to undermine or weaken the assertions in the FISA applications, the FBI did not reassess the information supporting probable cause. This is a big problem with the Durham report, the OIG and all that stuff. That bureaucratic language, it lessens the impact of the whole thing. This should be sensational. I think John Durham made it this way, made it boring, made it hard to read on purpose and also delayed it two years, right? And don't forget, all the swamp, I mean all of it, especially the media, they were all wrong and Trump was a thousand percent right. When will 60 Minutes apologize to Donald Trump? The biggest scandal 
was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my well, campaign, there's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got I, caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't no, verify. No, you won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been totally that. verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign, they got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to no. put it on the air. As a matter of fact, I don't know that. Yes, because you're ignorant and you like it that way with all your friends in the swamp. This is, by the way, that was knowable. You didn't have to wait until this Durham report came out, all right? Mueller had that. We knew that in the fall of 2020. Insane. CNN is at it again, though, with all this stuff. Take a look. This is just a few minutes ago. Going around the dial, I see CNN. What do they have today? Ready? New evidence in special counsel probe may undercut Trump's claim that docs he took were automatically declassified. No wonder why CNN is failing ridiculously. Even, that, even if that was a real story. Can we read that one more time? What? New evidence in the special counsel probe may, may undercut Trump's claim that Doxy... Give it up, CNN, all right? Constantly not news. Ooh, CNN, constantly not news. All right. Can I go back real quick to Biden's trip to Japan and that offhand whatever he said about President Xi? We're we will be meeting. You will be meeting or you will be speaking? Yep, that's Joe Biden on China, right? Our enemy, our competitor, as he might say, uh, the most powerful nation in the world, second to ours, maybe. Well, I heard something on this show last night about China that I need to remind everybody about. First of all, Gordon Chang is an amazing guy, expert guest on this show. And just so you know, he's Trump endorsed. Check this out. Now, by the way, we have a great gentleman speaking of China. Will you please stand up? Gordon, stand up, please. Gordon Chang. Gordon Chang is amazing, and he's been, I don't think there's any better expert on China than Gordon Chang. He's a lawyer. He lived and worked in China for two decades. He's the author of The Coming Collapse of China, The Great U.S.-China Tech War. And he's been warning us for a long time that China means business when it comes to combat. But this tweet really stopped me in my tracks, okay? Pray with all your heart. We're about to face the unimaginable. What a statement from Gordon Chang. So I had him on the show and... I thought he would allay my fears. He didn't. Uh, but we got to listen to him. This is important. Xi is getting Chinese society, both civilian and military, ready for war. He is mobilizing China's civilians, Chinese industry, Chinese agriculture. And we could be at war at any time. We have all of these uh, males of military age unaccompanied by family groups that are coming into our southern border. These are saboteurs, Ministry of State Security agents or People's Liberation Army. And these are the guys who are going to be attacking our grid, poisoning our water, assassinating officials, detonating bombs in shopping centers. This is very serious stuff. And what is America doing? Our leadership, 
What he said about the military-aged men coming through the border, it's true. It's happening. They're showing up like crazy. And take a look at this. Next graphic, please. 900% spike in Chinese migrants. And it is believed that a lot of them are getting an assist from the Communist Party of China. I mean, it's very tough to come to America, to go through Mexico, to get to America from China. It's very hard to get those exit documents out of China, the expense involved. Uh, you think some of these folks just might be getting help from the Chinese military or intelligence uh, apparatus there? You can count on it. You can absolutely count on it. And we're already actually doing some things that the communists love by canceling people. The communist cultural revolution in China. You said one word that deviated. They came for you big time. That's cancel culture, and it's happening here. And it's also happening to defenseless pregnant white women. If they say the wrong thing or do something just a little bit, a little bit off, they can be globally cyberbullied, fired, you name it. A little interaction in New York that just should have been a little interaction in New York has gone globally viral, and innocent people are being hurt. I'll be right back. Hey, guys, it's Carson. Under President Joe Biden's volatile economy, we are at the cusp of an economic meltdown. The recent Silicon Valley bank failure sparked a deadly domino effect, and now nearly 200 banks across the country are teetering at the edge of collapse. Nobody's money is safe. Many depositors aren't insured by the FDIC and may lose access to their money completely. Wealthy Americans are withdrawing their cash fast and turning it to gold. The United States hasn't seen a potential chain of bank failures this catastrophic since the last Great Recession. It's time to protect your money today before your retirement disappears. Call Monetary Gold to receive their free protection guide at 800-586-9591. Learn how Americans are shielding their wealth from the bank collapses by diversifying in gold. Call now because tomorrow may be too late. Call Monetary Gold at 800-586-9591. That's 800-586-9591. So uh, we have one of those Karen situations. I can't stand that they have weaponized the word Karen, right? It's a beautiful name. And now it's supposed to mean entitled racist white woman. So unfair. I think that's racist in and of itself. And it's a big thing now. And if a white person gets, and if she's female, gets out of line, watch out. It can go global like that. Uh, this individual is some sort of health care worker. She was at one of those rental bike stations. And look, she seems a little wacky. Uh, whatever. You can be a little wacky. I'm not saying she's perfect, but no one is, right? Take a look at this. Please help me. Please help me help. Please get off me. So they're at a rental bike station. She's on a bike. The guy says, hey, that's my bike. And I think it actually might be his bike. But then again, so what, right? Things happen. People get into arguments all the time. Next. All right, so she's upset. They say she's fake upset. Who knows? 
who cares? Uh, she said, help at one point. Help! Uh, someone is taking a bike that's mine. Whatever. What's the big deal? It's going to get really big. Nothing really bad happens in this, in my opinion. One more. So take it. Stop. 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 The baby girl come out with talk. Wait, wait, wait. How you stop crying? Not a, not a tear came down, miss. Not a tear came So, oh, by the way, she's pregnant, okay? Uh, now, nobody said anything about race. She said help. The other guy, they're, they're, they're having an argument. And if she thinks the guy's taking a bike, that's hers, whatever. It doesn't matter, right? And neither one of them said anything about race. Look at what the media did with this story. The confrontation grew quickly between the white hospital employee and young black men just getting ready for a bike ride. The white woman here is seen attempting to steal a city bike from a young black man, claiming she was threatened and was calling for help. No wonder why everybody hates the media. Look at them stirring the pot, trying to make this into a big thing. And they succeeded. First of all, it looks like she's on very thin ice at work. The, her employer, a major hospital, puts out a statement right away. The incident in the video is disturbing. The provider is currently out on leave and will remain on leave pending a review. Oh, by the way. Uh, let's face it, if it were a white person hassling a white person over a bike, no problem. A black person has hassling a black person, no problem. It's only, they have a formula, right? The media. Ben Crump, this guy, right? He senses an opportunity maybe to make some money, maybe to, uh, I don't know, just get his name out there again. His tweet, words of wisdom from Ben Crump. Woo, wow. This is unacceptable. A white woman was caught on camera attempting to steal a city bike from a young black man in New York City. Well, Ben, there's, that's one heck of a tweet. Don't mean to be, uh, but look, you're really fired up because she's white. In America, uh, we have a problem. We have all kinds of problems. And at this point, I'll point out that black on white crime is a lot more prevalent than white on black crime. And by the way, stealing the bike, they were having an argument about who rented the bike first. That's a little bit different. And I don't know about you, but my phone percolates all day long with crazy, disturbing videos. We know what they look like, all right? I see it all the time. People just getting beat up like there's no tomorrow. And uh, nobody seems to make too big a deal out of any of these videos. Sometimes they do, but a lot of them just kind of fade away, like that guy getting executed on the street in St. Louis and this happening. It's just uh, the back, it's like background noise. It just, it just happens. So back to the bike thing, right? Is this really all that compared to what some of us see all the time? What is going on here? I do feel like white women are being targeted. I know they are, and it's for political reasons. More on that in a moment. Who remembers the St. Louis Karen? And I'm sorry to use that term, but here she is. She lives in an apartment complex walking the dog, and some guy she never saw before tried to walk in the apartment complex behind her, and he didn't have a key fob. It says in the rule book, I've lived in apartment buildings like that. You got to you got to know people before they get in. Anyway, this is what happened. Excuse me. No, you don't have a key fob. You are. No, 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 no. If you have that, then OK. Ma'am, you're not security. You're not the property manager. You're not no, Mike Hardy. No, but I live here. I don't like the fact you have your phone in my face. OK, I don't like the fact that you're blocking me for I pay. All so 
I'm living. asking is what unit? But you're not, I don't need to tell you that information. All right, so you, you see what's going down here. They're having an argument, and she feels like he has to have a key, and according to the rule book of the condominium, you're supposed to have a key yourself. And anyway, two people having an argument. Neither of them said anything about race. Again, the media, this time national media, actually the most watched show in television for some reason is this guy with the hair. The confrontation caught on video, a white woman blocking a black tenant from entering their apartment building, demanding proof that he lives there. Peter Jennings once sat in that very chair and reported on the Berlin Wall coming down. And he's talking about an argument in a vestibule in St. Louis between a dog walker and how ludicrous have we become as a culture. And this woman, again, cyberbullied. Why? Because she's white. I think the blonde hair probably had something to do with it. The little dog, is that privilege or something like that? Is that why? Is that why? I got to tell you, there's something. I mean, how can anybody talk like this in public about their fellow human beings? This is yes. a typical case of a white woman, white womaning, right? So we see the disrespect, we see the privilege. White women have taken an active role in the maintenance of white supremacy. My advice to white women is, man your own goddamn business. You see, <laughs> this is really toxic stuff, but it's taken hold in our society. It really is. Like, this is the, this is the new way. This is the way things are. Um... It's not for us. We're going to push back and everything like that. But this is this is where corporate America is. Uh, I have one more to do. And this is Amy Cooper, the so-called Central Park Karen. So many lies have been told about her. She is a victim and she was canceled. I hope she's well wherever she is. Take a look. Would you please stop? Sir, I'm asking you to stop. Please don't come close to me. Sir, I'm asking you to stop recording me. Please don't come close to me. Please take your phone off. Please don't come close to me. Please, please call the cops. Please call the cops. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Please tell them whatever you like. And in our foolish rush to judgment society, that was enough. Oh, my gosh. She mentioned his race. We don't know what happened before. We don't know what happened after. Actually... I do know, and you will know what happened before in a moment, but this woman is scared, and she's scared for a reason. There is an African-American man I am in Central Park. He is recording me and threatening myself and my dog. I'm sorry, I can't hear you that. I'm being threatened by a man in the Rambo. Please send the cops immediately. Now, I know it's not possibly ideal that she's talking about his race first, but, oh, by the way, when you call 911... What's the second question they ask you if you're talking about somebody who a suspect, right? They want to know the race of the person, white, Asian, black, Hispanic. They want to know. Call 911. I have to call about twice a year. They ask right away for a description. Anyway, this guy threatened that woman. His name is Christian Cooper. And how do I know that? Because he wrote about it on his own Facebook page. And now, according to him, here's how it all went down. Ma'am, dogs in the ramble have to be on the leash at all times. The sign is right there. Her. The dog runs are closed. He needs his exercise. Look, if you're going to do what you want, I'm going to do what I want. But you're not going to like it.
What's that? Me to the dog. Come here, puppy. Her. He won't come to you. Me. We'll see about that. Her. Don't touch my dog. That's when I started the video recording with my iPhone and her inner Karen. You see, he uses that fully immersed and took it dark. Now, according to him, according to him, right, he put this in black. And what did he say? What else was said? We're not going to. We don't care. Those are details that actually did not make it into The New York Times, which wrote about this. Barack Obama talked about it. She lost her job. She white woman fired from her job after she right called the cops. You know what happened after this, by the way? So she loses her job. Uh, she almost went to jail. The birder guy with the leash fetish, he gets his own TV show. He got his own damn TV show that actually is premiering next month. And it looks, I don't know. I'm Christian Cooper and I am a birder. Look up. Wow, bright blue flying across the river. The inspiring world of birds is all around you. The fun of birding. Do you see the owls right there? <gasps> is you never know what you're going to get. And this guy is getting you up high oh. and up close. This is what birding is about. Looks like fun. Having the time of his life, huh? Well, let's go through it here. Black man makes creepy, potentially threatening remarks to a white woman in the park. He gets a TV show. She gets totally and completely canceled. I'll be right back. Hey, guys, it's Carson. I've been talking about how crazy the world is with uh, supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, sky-high gas prices. We've all seen how crazy this woke nonsense is going on with these big corporations, and it's time to let our voices be heard. The question is, what are we willing to do about it? How can our voices be heard? We vote with our dollars. That's how we make a difference. No more shopping big box stores if you can get those items at a family-owned company. PatriotSwitch.com helps people walk away from the big box conglomerates. We can shop factory direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. That's why Patriot Switch was created, with regular folks like you and me in mind. I love what the folks at Patriot Switch are doing for us. One of the best ways to get around this one of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation today is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than the shareholders and their corporate executives. Each of us can choose to take market shares away from these big companies that have enjoyed unfair advantages and instead choose to help regular people with family-owned, made in America. Make a difference right now. Go to PatriotSwitch.com. That's PatriotSwitch.com. So KJP, also I think in Japan now, took 14 questions today at the first, I believe, full briefing since the Durham report was dropped. 14 questions. The first 13 were about uh, things not Durham, things not Hunter Biden laptop, things not a million dollars from China and Romania and other countries. The 14th question was the question about the Durham report. You know, the one that totally exonerates Trump and implicates uh, the Obama administration, the FBI and the entire intelligence community. What happened then? <laughs>
What is the White House reaction to Special Counsel Durham's report on how the FBI handled the Trump Russia probe? I would leave it to the Department of Justice to speak to. Talks often about how he wants the DOJ and FBI to remain independent and um, you know above the fray. That report seems to reflect the opposite. Is does he agree with uh, Special Counsel Durham that there needs to be wholesale changes at the FBI? Again, that is uh, with the Department of Justice. That's not something that I'm going to speak from the podium. As you just stated in your question, we believe in an independent uh, de Department of Justice. That's what the president said when he was running, and that's what he, the president has said the last two years. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys in Japan. She gets to go to Japan, huh? All right. Um, that was a big deal report. Russiagate was a big, big deal, and it was a big, big hoax, and that's it. No, oh, by the way, independent. I'm getting a little uneasy with the idea of an independent Department of Justice, an independent FBI. They work for the people. I think they think the people work for them, and they get to choose the next president. Something is totally and completely rotten in the swamp. Actually, just about everything in the swamp. Hey, Harry and Meghan, not exactly our favorite people, right? But boy, oh boy, the, the news went nuts because, I don't know, somebody wanted their picture yesterday in New York City. Uh, network after network, wall-to-wall -wall coverage because the paparazzi reportedly was pursuing them in New York City, and it was like a high-speed chase. And I guess that's supposed to evoke you know, thoughts and memories of Diana. And she was hounded by the paparazzi in that tunnel in Paris with Dodie, right? Anyway, I think it's all a PR sham. But the thing is, all the networks for an hour talking about this one uh, story. Who is that person, by the way? All right. Anyway, that is not what we did uh, here on Newsmax. And speaking of Newsmax, hey, congratulations to... Uh, Rob Schmidt, look at him, nailing Aaron Burnett at 7 o'clock, all right? Doing very well uh, there. And Eric Bowling beating CNN at 8 o'clock. Uh, as you know, CNN has much broader distribution than we do. They've got a lot more assets, a lot more money for us to beat them, as this show did Friday night. We beat a guy named Chris Wallace. But we're still neck and neck, all right? So spread the word about the 10 o'clock show. I want to have a nice graphic like Eric and Rob. I want to beat them tomorrow night. We'll know, we'll know this time tomorrow. Help me out. Help us out. And I'll be right back. This case, uh, really wild. Uh, most of the people I know and a lot of folks, even in the media, not all, but some, believe that Daniel Penny was a hero because people on the subway felt threatened by Jordan Neely he was having some sort of catastrophic breakdown but he was making threatening comments numerous witnesses have said that unfortunately after this struggle where he was subduing Jordan Neely uh, Jordan Neely died and Daniel Penny has been charged with second degree manslaughter now he's uh, he's out of custody and uh, I'm not exactly sure what happens next. Let's bring in Tom Kniff. He is the attorney for Daniel Penny and the founding partner of Riser and Kniff. Uh, welcome back, sir. How are you and how is your client? Hey, Greg, thanks for having me back. Um, you know, client, given the circumstances, he's doing, uh, I think, uh, surprisingly well. All right. What's going to happen next? What actually happens next in this case? And what are you working on right now? Well, what's happening next, and this is really, you know, this ball is, of course, in the Manhattan District Attorney's Court, is the case, if it's going to continue, 
um, obviously hope, we hope it won't, uh, will have to be presented to a grand jury uh, here, here in Manhattan. Um, we've not been given a hard timeline as to when that might occur, but it looks like uh, the earliest would be, you know, the beginning of the presentation sometime later this month. Have you seen the full unabridged autopsy on Jordan Neely? We have not. Uh, we have not. We, we recently uh, received uh, some very uh, limited initial disclosures, the sort of disclosures that the defense is entitled to uh, before a case is presented to the grand jury. Um, uh, we don't have uh, the autopsy at this point. We're technically not entitled to it uh, until the uh, unless and until uh, Mr. Penny is indicted. I'd like to play uh, soundbite D01, the mainstream media characterizing what happened on that subway as a chokehold. Tonight, subway chokehold. The deadly New York City uh, subway chokehold death of Jordan Neely. Outrage in New York over that subway chokehold death. It's fallout from that deadly subway chokehold continues. All right. The term chokehold. Uh, when I look at that tape, I don't know, actually, if pressure is being applied to the neck. I can't tell. To me, it could be an upper body restraint maneuver. I don't know if that's... How do you feel about everybody using the term chokehold? Is it, is it fair? And if not, it's probably prejudicial to the case? No, I, I don't think it's fair. It's not, it's not fair to, to pre, prejudge the evidence. Uh, it's not fair to use a term that is really a loaded term that has connotations based on uh, you know, other cases that uh, have, have been in, in the, uh, the public spectrum that really bear no resemblance to this case. Uh, Daniel Penny, my client, it, it was restraining Jordan Neely. That, that, that's what was occurring here. This was a restraint maneuver. Uh, this was not a, a choke out maneuver. It was not a choke hold. Um, yeah, the media is going to uh, uh, specifically specifically certain uh, elements in the media are going to frame it that way for whatever reason. Uh, but, but it's simply not what happened. It, 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 my client would, took reasonable steps to restrain someone that was menacing and threatening other people in a closed, confined, underground environment. Uh, and with the law, the law judges people in, in these in this context on the reasonableness of their actions. Now, D.A. Bragg, Alvin Bragg, is the same individual who indicted Donald Trump. He's the guy who made the decision to go ahead with his case. And we believe he also happens to be the district attorney that you ran against as a Republican. You were his opponent, um, a valiant effort. This is an overwhelmingly Democrat town. It's kind of interesting. Uh, you opposed him in the election and now you're opposing him in court. Uh, does that does that complicate things? Does that make things? Uh, what what impact, if any, does that have? Not not at all. I mean, this is there's nothing unusual about me going up against the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. Um, it's what I've been doing for really the entirety of my career as a defense attorney. Um, our office, at least our, our Manhattan office, where I practice out of, is, is literally around the corner from 100 Center Street. Uh, where, where the uh, New York County Criminal Courthouse and the Manhattan DA's office is. Um, I made clear when I ran for office, uh, I wasn't running for office because I had any... No, we understand. It makes sense. It totally makes sense. Forgive me, yeah. but da Daniel Penny, is there... I mean, I'm sorry. Actually, if you don't mind, uh, Jordan Neely, 
Yeah. Is there anything you know about him that we should know? I mean, we know he was arrested 41 times. Is there anything uh, and anything else about this case? Because we're out of time now. Anything else you'd like to say? Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot uh, that we that is known about Jordan Neely. There's a lot more, um, you know, there, there's no question that he has a history of, you know, erratic and volatile behavior. But what, what is relevant to this case, which must most relevant is not his past. It's what he was doing at the moment in time where he encountered my client and the other individuals on that subway, but on that subway train. Understood. Tom Kniff, um, it's quite a case. And uh, good luck to you. And uh, thank you very much for coming on. And we'll be right. All right. Thanks, Greg. So this out of control situation at the border affecting not only the border, but the entire country, our culture. And can you believe this? In New York City, they're sending migrants to New York City public schools. They're going to sleep in the gyms, in the gymnasiums. You know, we used to play dodgeball and maybe square dance and learn how to walk the balance beam and stuff like that. Gym class. Migrants are going to be staying there in New York City. It's totally outlandish, outrageous, and uh, we got to stop it. Ari Kagan joins us, a Republican New York City councilman from Brooklyn, District 47. Uh, welcome back, sir. And uh, please, uh, the, the community's obviously upset. Everyone's going nuts. Is this really going to go through or are you able to turn it off? So in case of Coney Island that I represent, and unity didn't take it lightly. Uh, just yesterday, we hosted a protest rally and there were about 60 community leaders' parents uh, who are very, like, of every possible race, nationality, religion. They said, no, this is not the right way. This is not going to fly. We need our uh, school gym back. Please return it to the community. It has nothing to do with being pro-immigrants or compassionate. It's like wrong place, wrong policy, wrong behavior. I also said, like, New York is a part of the United States of America. Yeah. Where is the president? How long they're going to be victims of this uh, open borders, no questions, as policies? Uh, Eric Adams, our uh, pathetic mayor, uh, said this. Do me a favor, Eric Adams, SOT 1. This is one of the last places we want to look at. None of us are comfortable with have to t having to take these drastic steps. Uh, but I could not have been more clear uh, for the last few years, for the uh, last few months of what we are facing. Over 65,000 uh, migrant asylum seekers have reached mm -hmm. our city. Well, number one, he's not a manager. He's never really managed anything. Uh, and he doesn't know, believe it or not, he doesn't know anything about government and even politics. He's not he's so ineffective in so many ways. But he did say when he was running for mayor that New York would be a sanctuary city, would remain a sanctuary city. Uh, he said it when it would help him politically. And it did. That's what the Democrats wanted to hear, isn't it, Councilman? And any deviation from the sanctuary city policies, any deviation from right to shelter law, immediately like so-called advocates or Democrat majority of New York City Council, don't touch anything, don't change anything. This is the way things should be. On the moment, it's a school gym in a district where is a socialist Democrat council member. No, 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 but could you do it in another district? Could you do it somewhere else? But like, you're advocating for this, you're praising this, you're saying it's fine. So like, this is a result. 
So we need to be consistent. If it's a sanctuary city, then it's also no question says. Now I know from Office of Emergency Management, it's not just buses coming to New York. Mm. It's also by cars, by food, even by airplanes. It looks like these migrants coming from all over the country and all over the world. Some of them have left New York City, all but right, decided sir. to come back. Decided to come back. That's I how they look. Our policies. I so apologize. Out of time. Good luck in your campaign to stop this. I got a little garbled there. Ari Kagan, Absolutely. Republican Councilman, Brooklyn. Thank you. Be right back. Well, thank you very much, and I will be back tomorrow night. I hope you're good. Take care.